the 1960s in space. That's pretty much all I gotta say. We watched the 1968 movie Barbarella on this week's episode of Bottom of the Barrel. Hello everyone and welcome to yet another episode of Bottom of the Barrel. I am your host, as always, Jeff Bell, and this movie this week, I'm I gotta tell you, I have I have heard of Barbarella. I knew of Barbarella for years and years, and I had heard of it being this kind of weird sci-fi film from the 1960s. However, I have never actually gotten around to watching it. But we did. And oh my, oh my. Oh my, is all pretty much all I gotta say. This movie, this movie is 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 crazy because of the sense of what it's rated and what you actually see. I, I go into it. I, I believe me, I'll, I'll get in. I'll get into it for this review. But I, it it's it's just one of those movies where you're like, really? How did that? Why and who? Okay, let's just get into the the overview of the film. So, the movie opens with an astronaut wiggling around on what is in no way a sheet of glass made to look like they're floating in zero-g. When the groovy 60s music kicks in, the astronaut starts stripping off its outfit. Oh, it's a woman. Huh. Wait, that can't be a very airtight suit based upon how easily it's coming off. As the astronaut continues to take her sweet time taking off the outfit during the opening credits, complete with her character name being sung along, we see boobs and other... stuff. Holy crap, this movie's rated PG? Seriously, 60s, you need to learn to rate your films better. At this point, the credits are completely pointless. I'm pretty sure no one is paying attention to them anymore. So after she's done frolicking on the ground, she suddenly receives a message from the president who comes in on the video screen. And they talk. While she stands there naked. Man, the 60s future was awesome. So the president tells Barbarella to find a distant planet to recover a lost pilot named Duran Duran because only she is able to try and save it herself because she's apparently some kind of highly decorated police army person. Something I couldn't tell by the fact that she's completely naked this entire time. By the way, her ship is pretty damn awesome. It's entirely lined with orange shag carpet, almost like she skinned a hundred Fozzie bears and used their skin as wallpaper. She changes actually into something that still manages to somehow be slightly above being naked and makes her way to the pilot's chair. Having told the ship's computer where she's going, she puts herself in a deep sleep for the next 120 hours and we're giving a shot looking up at her as she lays down on the ground and can't get comfortable. Waking up only a minute later, she drinks a glass of purple Kool-Aid and finds that the place she's looking for doesn't look right. Her ship comes under attack of magnetic disturbances. She attempts to take control and crashes. She changes again and gets out onto the frozen ice planet, where she's met by the twins from The Shining, who throw a rock-filled snowball at her, momentarily knocking her out so they can strap her to a set of skis pulled by a stingray across the frozen lake, all the while 60s jazzy Christmas music plays. What the hell am I watching? Arriving at the crashed spaceship of Duran Duran, the man, not the band, she's taken inside and tied to a pole, only to find more children there. They then turn their army of small robotic metal teeth, no eyeball baby dolls on her, that quickly start biting and drawing blood. But wait! The dolls are stopped by Bigfoot with the head of Chuck Norris! Seriously, watch the movie, you'll know what I'm talking about. So Bigfoot Norris tells her that the children on this planet are forced to live in the forest and on the ice until they reach an age that they can be then caught and used for labor. Not really important to the film at this point, but it doesn't matter because Bigfoot Norris takes Barbarella onto his sail ship to take her back to her ship. By the way, his ship goes against everything I've learned in physics and takes laws of cartoon physics instead. 
because there's a giant fan that blows the sails and it's all self-contained. I'm pretty sure Mythbusters disproved that. On the ride back, Barbarella says she wishes she could repay Bigfoot Norris, to which, like any man from any era in a movie would reply, he tells her she could make love to him. She agrees, and we cut to a wide shot of his ship going around in circles to more funky 60s music. I'm not sure if the ship going in circles was supposed to represent anything, really. But he's done quickly and she's happy. You know, just like in real life. By the way, as a side note, every other line in this movie could easily be followed by a that's what she said. It's funny. Try it when you watch it. Her outfit is mysteriously torn. Seriously, dude, calm down. And he offers her a selection of any of his furs to wear instead. Even though she's 10 feet from her ship where she's got tons of new clothes. And she's obviously not embarrassed to walk around naked. But whatever, it's another outfit for her. Right now, she has more outfit changes than a host at an award ceremony. I'm pretty positive. So after her quickie, Bigfoot Norris fixes Barbarella's ship, and she takes off only to find that her ship is still broken as she crashes right back onto the planet in a giant explosion that sends her hurtling through the surface quite some distance down. Oh, but she's fine, by the way. No damage to the inside of her ship or bruises of any kind. Apparently that ship is made from the same stuff that Wolverine is. Finally, her ship crashes into a cave where she, of course, changes. Again. And gets out only to be fondled by a half-naked blind angel. Someone was smoking something while writing this movie, I'm sure. The blind angel tells Barbarella his name is Pygar, the last of something or other, it doesn't matter, who can't fly because he's lost the will to. He takes her to the Professor Ping in hopes that he can help her find Duran Duran. He leads her through the stone maze from Labyrinth filled with half-naked people who are partially fused to stone rocks. He explains that all that are not evil are banished to the Labyrinth. That makes sense. Professor Pong tells Barbarella that Duran Duran is still alive and in the distant city. He tells her, however, that no one ever leaves the labyrinth, but is willing to help her try. They go back to her ship where he asks what's wrong with it. She says she doesn't know, even though there's a giant friggin' hole in the side of her ship. Ping Pong says that it'll take a while to fix the ship, so Barbarella goes with Pygar to his nest. Yes, his nest. When suddenly the Cylons show up and catch Barbarella in a whip. Pygar fights back by using Barbarella's gun that holy crap blows the Cylon to pieces with a single shot. Barbarella tells Pygar that he saved her life and, of course, goes and has sex with him. Because now that's all that she does. And apparently doing so gives Pygar the will to fly again. So now that he can fly, she changes into outfit number 300 and the two head off for the city. While en route, they're attacked by more Cylons and their flying seashell ships. Barbarella takes them down with her gun, except one gets by and somehow manages to hit them, but not hit them. There wasn't a special effect for that moment, and they start plummeting to the ground. Pygar regains his composure at the last second and seems fine now, as they fly back upright. After a moment of uncomfortable silence, which goes on for way too long, they arrive at the city where they land in the back alley so as not to draw attention to themselves. They walk into the seedy part of the city where Barbarella is kidnapped by two creepy men who look like Carl Reiner and Buster Poindexter. There's an 80s reference for you people. The men are killed by a creepy lady, but Barbarella escaped to find that Pygar is about to be attacked by a man with a sickle when she intervenes. The two accidentally escape into a death chamber, wow, they really should put a sign on that, where they are given a chance to select their deaths, but that scene doesn't matter because it's interrupted, and they're saved by the concierge of the head of the city, who gives a backstory about the planet being really an evil lake that likes eating flesh and stuff that doesn't matter. So she's pushed down to a giant slide, where she comes across a happening party underground, where she meets again the creepy lady from earlier, who now has a rhino horn sticking out of her head. 
Okay. The creepy rhino lady reveals that they've taken Pygar and crucified him, but Barbarella threatens to kill her unless she lets him go. But the concierge reveals her threat is pointless. Then the rhino lady attempts to have sex with Pygar, but he doesn't want to. Barbarella is tortured by being put into a birdcage filled with birds that don't actually attack her, but apparently are causing her clothes to get ripped and bloodied. And seriously, so much happened in five minutes, I, I just gave up trying to keep track of it. She escapes accidentally by sliding down into some secret underground lair of the Resistance led by Dildano, a creepy Johnny Depp looking guy who acts more as comic relief and is the one guy who doesn't actually want to have sex with her, but she willingly offers it, only to do it the way she used to. And it's kind of awkward. It's really awkward because they just touch hands and apparently that's sex. It's weird. So Barbarella changes again. Dildano explains that the Black Queen knows where Duran Duran is and that the Resistance will help her get to her. Dildano, his name kind of makes me snicker every time, sends her up through his tube <laughs> and into another area of half-naked, drugged-out people where she gets found by the concierge and taken to be tortured in a giant organ-type torture table that strips her of her clothing. Seriously, rated PG here, people. Not even R. Apparently, though, Barbarella is too much for the torture organ table and ruins it by blowing its fuse. Then it's revealed that the concierge is actually the long-sought-after Duran Duran, still not the band, who says he's changed because he could never enter the Chamber of Dreams. They make a deal and head to the chamber where Duran Duran tricks Barbarella into becoming trapped inside the chamber where she will eventually be killed. Barbarella finds the Black Queen slash creepy rhino lady and tells her that Duran Duran is trying to take over her reign. Watching on her giant IMAX screen, they see as Dodano and Professor Ganopkinip destroy the Cylons and make their way towards the city. Duran Duran decides to use some massive laser something to effectively dissolve anyone he points it at. So what's the Black Queen's answer to it? Start the apocalypse. Yeah, that's what I would do when someone makes me upset. Everything goes up in fire, Duran Duran yells as water and fire flood him. Wait, what? And Barbarella and the Black Queen magically escape because according to Black Queen, Barbarella is good and pure. Yeah, she obviously never watched the first three quarters of this film. So they find Pygar, who flies them both back to Barbarella's ship to the tune of more 60s awesome music. The end. Holy cow. This movie was ridiculous but was one of the most enjoyable films I have seen in a long time. Not because of the fact that there's half the movie is, 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 is people naked, but I mean, it's just so weird and so out there that it's hard not to enjoy this attempt at making this story. Now, the movie came out in 1968. So let's go into detail a little bit about the rating for this film. Now, on Netflix, they say this movie is rated PG, which is true. The actual rating of the film is PG, and if you go anywhere, you see any copies of it, it's going to be rated PG. Now, how is it a PG movie with all this nudity? Well, apparently, the original theatrical cut of this film when it was released, which is the copy you will see on Netflix, uh, was released in 1968, a few months prior to them integrating the whole ratings board into the, uh, the film. So a movie did not need to be rated. So it was released unrated. There was no rating for this film. In 1977, when Star Wars came out and made everything so popular, they re-released uh, the film and cut it down to achieve uh, a more broader audience appeal, just basically trying to cash in on everybody wanting to see Star Wars and those types of movies. So when they did that, the edited version had none of the nudity. I don't believe it had any really of the sex scenes in it. So it actually received a PG uh, rating because, well, it's just, there's nothing in it. 
So it got released as PG. Now, now that the movie has a PG rating attached to it, when they re-released it on DVD and you know and, and Blu-ray, I don't think it's on Blu-ray yet, but when they re-released it, they actually kept that PG rating, but are releasing the theatrical cut. So you're having basically a movie that should be an R-rated film released as a PG movie. Now, I'm not saying it's already because of any violence. It's just that there's a, and there's no language in it either. There's, I believe there's not a single swear word. Now, I don't think anybody even says damn in the whole movie because it's so over the top and cheesy. It would be primarily just because of the amount of nudity in the film. Now, and there's no actual sex scenes. There's nothing bad in it because, again, it's a movie from the 1960s. But it's just, it's, you watch it going, this is a PG movie? Like, yeah, it's definitely not PG friendly. It's not a family movie per se. You know, unless you just want to be covering your kid's eyes every, you know, 10 minutes. But it's a good movie. It's very, very enjoyable. Oddly enough, the Netflix copy of the movie, after the credits are done, the song that plays over it goes on for a while. Just over black screen. I don't know if that was a glitch in the copy. And then it just suddenly cuts off. So it's like, yeah, they just got sick of that song. But the movie is really enjoyable. It's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, more uh, little things. There was definitely, I can see a lot of like future references to this movie. Again, uh, as I made in the review, Duran Duran, the band, got their name from the bad guy character in this movie. They just lopped off the D at the end of it. So they're Duran Duran, not Durand Durand. It doesn't matter. Also, some other random tidbits about the film is that technically this movie is the first comic book movie to be made. It is based upon a comic strip that was out for a long time and uh, was eventually grouped together into a single story. And apparently most of the comic book stories, like original story arc, is this film. Now, there is one or two little differences to it, but they apparently did maintain a quite faithfulness to the original story. And that's why it's kind of crazy and all over the place. So it was a definitely an enjoyable movie to watch, and I do highly recommend it. So after the, apparently now my longest uh, review of a movie on here, um, that's all I gotta say. So definitely check it out. Like I said, it is currently on Netflix. It's gonna, it's a lot of fun movie. It's only about an hour and a half, so it's it's definitely a quick view, and I do recommend you watching it. So for this week, that is all for Bottom of the Barrel. Keep a, a listen for next week, where we start October Halloween month, where we watch all sorts of fun, terrible uh, 70s and 80s horror movies. Uh, we've already got one picked out from 1980. It is going to be epic. Uh, yeah, this movie is, is going to be ridiculous. So keep an eye out for that next week. Uh, like I said, as we start Halloween month here on Bottom of the Barrel. And thank you all for listening. Keep tuning in. You don't tune in because it's not a radio station. But subscribe. Tell your friends. Pass along the word because it's great. Uh, we are loving doing this and we want to keep doing it. So please tell your friends. It'll be fun. So anyways, thank you very much. And see you guys next week from me, Jeff Bell, on Bottom of the Barrel. Seriously, the movie was rated PG, and the first two minutes, you see her practically full frontal nude. Made the movie very interesting. I liked it. I liked it a lot. For more information about this and other programming, visit our official website at www.ghostat.net.